Hans and Scotty, 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Recruiting day is in the rearview mirror. So to break it down, Kyle Whittingham addressed the media earlier today to talk about the newest members of the University of Utah. Here is the head coach of the Utes. Okay, I felt good about uh, what transpired yesterday. No surprises either way. Uh, it was uh, as we expected as far as how the, the, the signees uh, ended up. Um, signed 18 players yesterday, and uh, we feel uh, really solid about, uh, about the class. Addressed uh, a lot of needs. Uh, still have a few scholarships left over, and that is by design to uh, address needs that may arise with, uh, with the new uh, transfer rules that are most likely going to go into effect and, and uh, just movement uh, at the uh, semester break that typically happens. We've got to be ready to, uh, to uh, address the needs that may arise. So anyways, uh, we feel uh, like we're off to a good start with the 22 class. We already started on those guys, and and uh, the cycle never ends. It, it goes from uh, you know, there's never a day off in recruiting, and it's it's constant. And our assistant coaches would be commended for their hard work, and and uh, they've done a good job as always, uh, targeting the, targeting the right guys and and getting our type of players uh, in the program. And uh, it certainly was unique this year with no uh, official visits. And no off-campus evaluations or recruiting, home visits, that type of thing. So it was a whole different, whole different animal. But uh, the result is very good. So uh, we feel like we're uh, in a good spot. So questions? We'll start off with Trevor Allen from KSLSports.com, followed by Josh Newman from the Salt Lake Tribune. Kyle, do you do you see you guys signing in, any more players during this this signing period, or maybe in you know a couple of months when when it's actually signing day? Either way, that could go down. We're not uh, we're not going to rule that out. There's you know the portal has uh, new players in it every day, literally, and and uh, so we just keep monitoring things and and uh, you know we could add players you know in the sh- shortly here. We may not be until uh, summertime, but okay. All right. Anyway, I hope that answers your question. Yeah, we it may be there really is no time frame. We're going to get take the best players available as they arise and as they become available. And uh, like I said, wait, uh, we'll wait, we'll probably hang on to at least a couple until, uh, you know, this, the second semester gets underway and, and uh, we've uh, had the uh, chance to see who's, uh, who may decide to, to go elsewhere. So, so uh, that's, that's the plan going forward. Next, we'll go to Josh Newman, Salt Lake Tribune, followed by Patrick Kinahan, 1280 The Zone. Hey, Kyle, good morning. Good morning, Josh. Um, obviously, it's beneficial when a freshman can enroll early and be available for spring ball, specifically at the quarterback position. How beneficial is it for, for that type of kid to get in early and, and hit the ground running and just start learning? Yeah, it's a big benefit for any position, but in particular, as you mentioned, the quarterback spot, which is uh, the most difficult to grasp and the most to it as far as uh, new learning. And that's going to be a big advantage for Pete. He's uh, going to be able to be here and and uh, hopefully be in spring ball. We're hoping there's a spring ball, but uh, if nothing else, the meetings and the preparation, uh, you know, just with uh, with the quarterbacks and in the uh, in the meeting room and, and digesting the offense and, and getting going. So yeah, that's a that's a big advantage, and we're excited that uh, Pete is going to go that route. Next, we'll go to Josh Newman, Salt Lake Tribune, followed by Patrick Kinahan, 
Just a quick follow-up. In hindsight, you got Pete to commit pretty early back in April. When you can get your number one quarterback on the board to commit early, what does that do for the rest of your class as you're trying to, you know, recruit and get kids to buy in? Well, it's a, it's a good thing, and, and that uh, would go for any uh, real high-profile player that commits early. That helps you, uh, you know, recruit other guys. I mean, it's it uh, lets other guys know that uh, you got a good start to the recruiting class, and you, you've got quality players, and and uh, so that that is a benefit in that regard. And and uh, certainly getting Peter early on was uh, a factor in in getting uh, some of these other guys. Next is Patrick Kinahan, 12-8 of the zone, followed by Chris Tomrani from The Athletic. With the recruiting rules and regulations changed so dramatically in the spring and all that because of the COVID, you ended up, I would assume, saving a lot of money because coaches couldn't go anywhere. Do you think that the NCA or university presidents or conference commissioners or what have you might decide that, hey, we can actually save some money? So everybody got a recruiting class this year. So do you think this could have changes to what's allowable in the future as far as recruiting. That's a good point. I hadn't thought of it in those terms. Uh, I certainly hope not because going out on the recruiting trail and getting in the homes and, and building relationships with these players uh, is a, a huge part of the recruiting process. And, and even though you can build those relationships somewhat over Zoom and, and that type of thing, it's just not the same as the in-person experience. And for the recruit's sake, I hope it doesn't change because they – they deserve to be able to physically get on the campuses that they uh, are considering and uh, meet the coaches in person. And I think that's such a, a integral part of, of the whole process, even though it can be done without it. I, I hope they don't go that direction because uh, I think it's not fair to the uh, student athletes. Next, Chris Camrani, followed by Josh Furlong from KSL.com. Kyle, can you describe the, I guess, Chase, for lack of a better term, of Ethan Calvert and what he brings to this program. And is he the type of talent that will challenge for a starting job day one? Absolutely. He's the type of talent that will, will challenge. He's, uh, he's a terrific player. Uh, we identified him years ago. In fact, uh, when we were in the home recruiting his uh, older brothers, and he was just a little guy, you know, seventh, eighth grade. And, uh, and, and so uh, known Ethan for a lot of years. And we've had him uh, on our radar for a lot of years, and he just kept getting better and bigger and stronger and developing. And and uh, you know, it's a it's a great football family. I mean, the, you know, David, the dad, played here at Utah, and, and uh, so it was it was something that uh, we had. That was a you know probably all all together you know five six years that that we've known about Ethan, and uh, we're excited to have him. He's uh, as I mentioned yesterday in the press conference, he's. Uh, the whole package. He's got the size, the speed, uh, the intelligence, the instincts, uh, fierce competitor. And so, yeah, we expect him to uh, be in the mix right away. Next, Josh Furlong, KSL.com. And we'll go back to Patrick Kinahan. Kyle, a little bit of a two-part question here. Why, why was things a little bit um, stable coming into this recruiting class? Why wasn't there not a lot of, of kind of movement? And then also how many um, of these kids do you expect to sign early and come in in January to compete? And why is that happening? Well, the, uh, you know, just the uh, stability, uh, every year is a little bit different. Some years there are some last minute decisions and, and some guys that uh, you either get or lose uh, at the last hour. But uh, this year was more, and, and I guess maybe it's because of the, uh, the, uh, the way that the recruiting process went with nobody taking visits and everyone, 
you know, just locked in earlier without, uh, you know, without having the experience of, of going to the different campuses, maybe it made it easier for, in some respects, for these guys to make a choice. I don't know. I don't have a great answer, but uh, I know that we are, uh, we, we signed every single kid at the early signing period. We're not waiting on anybody for the second signing period, not right now anyways. We could identify somebody. But, uh, and then what was the second part of your question? I'm getting really old. Just how many of those guys do you expect to enroll early? And, yeah. and why did that keep, why, do, why, what's the benefit of that, I guess? Okay, well, first of all, the benefit of early enrollee is, of an early, or for an early enrollee is, is uh, you know, manyfold. Number one, academics, you get a head start, uh, a whole semester of academics that uh, you wouldn't have gotten, which gets you off to a, a great start and, and, and accelerates the process towards graduation. Uh, the football aspect of it, you get an entire spring ball, assuming there is a spring ball, to uh, get under your belt. And then when you come in fall, you've already got a great uh, foundation built and, and you've already been exposed to, to everything. It's not brand new in the fall. And when, so when you're getting ready for the season, it's, you're, you're much further advanced. Uh, the, and the prior to the spring ball, the, uh, the winter conditioning is also a big benefit, getting, getting integrated with your teammates and, and working out with the guys. And it's a much better way to uh, develop your body than if you're just home trying to do it on your own. So, so there's a lot of, a lot of benefits to that. Um, how many guys we got coming in? Uh, we have uh, 10, 10 players that will be enrolling in January. And uh, that's, that's what, over half the class. And when you figure in the four players who are already here this fall that count in that class, we've got uh, 14 guys that, that are either here already or will be here for, for spring semester, uh, which is probably the highest number we've ever had. And that seems to be getting growing each year. The, the early graduation has been a trend and a growing trend for several years, and it just keeps getting uh, further and further pushed in that direction. Next, Patrick Kinahan, followed by Chris Comradi. So I believe the other morning you said that Cam Rising would be out for spring ball because he has the uh, injury. And that's obviously you just said, assuming there is a spring ball. So with that in mind, I don't know the status of Bentley, but if he doesn't come back, does that mean the only scholarship quarterback you'd have available for spring ball would be this incoming freshman? That would mean that if nothing changes between now and then. But uh, I'm going to tell you there's a really uh, good likelihood that uh, you know we'll, we'll continue to try to address that position and, and uh, that would be worst case scenario what you just mentioned and I don't think we're going to get to worst case scenario I think we're going to be able to uh, have a, a good situation uh, by spring ball so that obviously be through transfers could be could be or, or guys like I said that are that haven't signed yet although there's very few of those guys left uh, I don't know what the percentage is but I would guess 90 percent plus of the uh, scholarships have already been uh, utilized in this first signing period but uh, yeah, transfers is is uh, is the other avenue, obviously, and that that would probably be more likely to go that route. Next is Chris Comrani, followed by Trevor Allen. Kyle, with five linebackers in this class, do you expect all of those guys to stay at that position? Because obviously, from a defensive standpoint, that's the one spot on your defense that you have the most limited amount of players actually on the field, and based on your scheme. So I'm wondering, do you guys plan on moving some of these incoming guys around, or are they all going to stay in that room? Odds are they won't all stay at linebacker, and we've already got a couple guys that we know are very versatile and uh, you know, may, may get their start at defensive end. And so to answer your question, no, I don't foresee all five uh, remaining at linebacker. They may all uh, 
take reps there for for at least a portion of, or a period of time. But but uh, we'll balance things out and make sure that uh, we get people in the right spots and, and where they have the highest ceilings. And that's that's pretty much our mo every year is is to get guys where we think they have uh, the best chance to to uh, develop and, and become the best player they can be. And so uh, we just happen to have a lot of on paper right now linebackers, but uh, we'll get it all balanced out. Trevor Allen followed by Josh Newman. Kyle, did, did it help sending seven guys to the league for you to get this class? And, you know, because it's obviously stacked with, with, with talent from top to bottom. Did it help when you, when you guys sent seven guys, you know, drafted to the league? Absolutely. Uh, recruits take note of that. And we've had more players drafted uh, than any team in the Pac-12 over the last, I can't remember the exact time frame, four, five, six years. There's, there's a time frame there that we have had the most uh, draftees of any team in the Pac-12. And that's absolutely a selling point. I mean, why why wouldn't it be? You want to, you know, when recruits get here, they, they should want two things, a degree and a chance to play at the next level. And uh, our coaches are doing a great job of offering both those things to them. We'll go to Josh Newman. Kyle, as you move through the rest of this week and then into February, what do you view as the biggest position of need right now? Well, it could be quarterback, depending on what transpires with the seniors. Uh, running back, you know, we lost, uh, as we already talked about uh, a few days ago with Jordan and, uh, and Devin. So that's a position that, that would need uh, or could use a, a little bit of a, a, a bolster, um, depending on uh, – who else transfers, you know, I'm sure we're not going to hang on to everybody. That's just not the, the reality of it. That, you know, something will, something will materialize in the way of, of needs at a certain position. But right now I can't make that prediction. Uh, we need another wide receiver, most likely. That would be something that uh, we've got on our radar as well. And so we just, you just got to continue to uh, address needs as they arise. But we, we know right now that there is a, a couple needs that, are, that are, have already arisen. So there you go. Interesting conversation. Uh, Kyle Whittingham addressing the media as Utah gets set for this final game against Washington State. And then probably a pretty good chance they're done at this point. But it's all about recruiting, all about getting ready for next year. Yeah, I'm not expecting there to be a bowl game. So, Frank, I know you heard it, it just kind of in the conversation there, Kyle talking about a quarterback situation that could look bleak. I, I don't expect Bentley to be back personally. I don't. I think this is his last year, but that's that's a gut reaction. That's a gut feeling based off of what I watched from him. Uh, he might come back. Even if he comes back, he's not the answer. To, to be a, an elite team, a real contender, he's not the answer. And you wonder about Cam Rising's health and how quick he can get healthy and come back. Personally, I think that in a quarterback situation like this that Utah's in, I think the transfer portal is the way to go. I think that there are a lot of quarterbacks that are sitting in that portal that, portal that, that are jilted, that, are, or, you know, that got hurt one way or the other, whether it was upset with a coach or upset with playing time and entered the portal, but he's a fantastic talent. Don't you think Utah could find some good talent in that portal to come in and, and be a, a fix? And I know that's where Bentley came from, a better fix than Bentley. I, as I look across, so you're saying there's no chance. I mean. I just don't expect him back. Well, and Lisk isn't, you're not, you're not counting on Lisk. Not a, if Lisk couldn't beat out Jake Bentley, yeah. then that yeah. worries me about his. So I said, I said this the other day on, with DJ and PK, 
that for some reason Utah has a hard time solidifying the quarterback position. I never said that they didn't have any quarterbacks on the roster. I just said they had a hard time solidifying the quarterback position. I got a ridiculous tweet about, you know, zero quarterbacks in this list of all the quarterbacks, who, by the way, are all walk-ons. There's like six or seven quarterbacks listed at the University of Utah. But have we talked about any of those guys? We've talked about three, and mainly we've talked about two. And one of those guys is likely going to leave. Two of those guys are likely going to leave. So that leaves you with with Cam Rising and a list of other guys who who are not on scholarship. And Costelli coming in. And Costelli coming in, which is probably which is probably telling. So I I think it uh, it would be hard to put the weight of the football team that could be a very experienced football team coming back on the shoulders of a true freshman. Yeah. It's happened. I mean, there's guys that have stepped in, and but but the odds are not in his favor of that being a successful venture. So, yeah, if your question is, is the trans- does the transfer portal give Utah the depth at quarterback that they need to, to move forward and be successful? Yeah, I believe that. You know, Scotty, I was thinking about this, and if I'm if I'm this coaching staff, I'm assuming Britain's coming back. I've yeah. already, I've already had most of my interviews. I probably have a pretty good feel for who's coming back. And if I'm this coaching staff, my main goal, main emphasis, and I'm not just saying for just Andy Ludwig. I'm saying for everybody. Kyle Whittingham knows he can't be caught without a quarterback. He knows that. Yeah. It's, it's happened to him before. <laughs> My main and only goal and emphasis is to bring in three quarterbacks that have incredible potential that Andy Ludwig can develop, that compete, and I find the one that can get it to Brian Thompson and hope he comes back, get it to Britton Covey, hand it to Ty Jordan, and throw it to Brian Keithy. And if I feel like I've got that core back and I've got this offensive line in front of me, minus Nick Ford, man, I, if, if I'm this coaching staff, I am pumped. I am pumped. But you've got to bring the right quarterbacks. Personally, I think it needs to be a developed quarterback. I think you've got to, you've got to see somebody come out of that portal. But I don't know. Hans and Scotty here on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. As we are live here at Elite Works, uh, love for you to come by and hang out with us. But more importantly, we just want you to, we just want you to call. That's it. Just give them a call. Just give us a call. That's it. Yeah. We just want a phone call. All you have to do right now is make one simple phone call right now, 844-523-2777. I, I feel we like reluctant talent I, over here. I feel here. like yeah. Steve Martin on uh, – Look the three here. amigos. He's yeah. <laughs> like, ah. hey, guys. <laughs> uh, Over well, here. Over we were going to have Michael Davis. He was going to come on air with us. Is but he busy? It, it looks like Michael Davis doesn't want to come on air. Wow. No, he's, he's coming. The boss man told you to come on. I know. He's like, no, nah, I'm not going to do you it. You could do it. You do it. You, um, you could do it. You hey, sell hands, it. if your website stinks, what should you do? I'm saying call Elite Works immediately. But, hey, Michael, did Scotty not talk to you about coming on air? Yeah. Oh, Eight. no. That's all right. Michael's taking a phone call. 844-523-2777. That's the number to call right now. Let's get your website fixed. Yeah, throw this on, Michael. Actually, throw this on. 
Michael's over here like, I don't know. No. Michael is taking phone calls from our listeners, so that's important too. But we do want you to call 844-523-2777. You didn't hang up early on a phone call, did you? No, no, no. Okay. All right. You got it taken care of? Yeah, yeah. He's, he's already set up. All right. 844-523-2777. If you have website issues or if you've got questions, we want you to call in. And, Michael, you guys are giving away a free website rebuild to anybody who's got a problem with their website, right? That's right. Have people been calling in? Oh, yes. Awesome. So Lots it's been a calls. good day. A lot yeah. of people need these websites. They've got issues. What's a typical problem that you're finding with people that have their websites? Um, hard to customize. Uh, no customer service. Don't really know what to do. The website's just been sitting around for, for too long. Um, and mostly people just need help trying to get things on the right direction. Uh, you know, Scotty, you can see that. I mean, you work with a website. And, uh, and if you don't have the ability to customize something within nope. a couple of minutes, it almost feels like the website is useless. It's useless. If you can't get that thing fixed within a matter of moments, your customers, everybody's just kissing you goodbye, and they're probably not coming back. Well, Michael, one of the best aspects of EliteWorks is you can customize yourself, and you could make a change on your website with with the architect in just a couple of minutes. Yeah, that's awesome. So everyone has the same access that we do. So even when we build the the websites, um, there's nothing that we do that that they won't have access to themselves. So once you learn how to change anything, then you can do it all on your own. And it's not that tough. No, no, no. I didn't I didn't, I didn't know anything about computers or websites before starting here, and I picked it up by myself pretty quickly. That's incredible. I'm telling you guys, eight four four five two three two seven seven seven. Take advantage of the free web rebuild. It's today only, so you need to call in 844-523-2777. If you've got questions, issues with your website, if you're building a new website, they do new builds as well. That's EliteWorks at EliteWorks.com, 844-523-2777. Thanks, Michael. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. This is DJ and PK. Kyle, can you comment on Devin and Jordan entering the portal? They made the decision that in their best interest to move on. We wish them all the best. Kyle Whittingham's media availability. Obviously, a lot of questions about the running back position with two players transferring out. Right now, at running back, they've got competence. Running back is like the last position I'm going to worry about offensively. I feel complete and total confidence in that they're going to find these gems. I don't know where they are, who they are, but I know they're going to get them. you got to feel good about where they're the state of the program is that they're going to restock the talent and be competitive. Catch DJ and PK mornings from 6 till 10 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Hanson Scotty here on 97.5, 1280 The Zone. You like the little subtle jab? Two of them. I'm excited for you. Well, I'm excited too, man. It's actually an honor. It's pretty. It awesome. really is. Yeah. Get to call a citrus bowl and a and an outback bowl, and the famous Idaho potato bowl. It's pretty cool, man. It's way cool. It's the national call, but I know Lloyd does that every day. What are you talking about? I didn't call it out. Why are you why are you angry with Lloyd? 
Why are you being so sensitive? I mean, I'm just looking up. I'm trying to be supportive here, so I'm looking up the Outback Bowl, the Citrus Bowl. Frank, be supportive. And oh boy. there is not a mention. I can't find anything about the broadcast crew. I wanted to, I wanted to post it, comment about it. And no, you didn't. You wanted to make fun of it, Frank. Let's be honest. Okay, now you're lying because you don't know how to post things. <laughs> I was going to post it on the bulletin board at the local rec center. <laughs> <laughs> Print it out. <laughs> anyway, that's very exciting, Hans. I keep asking you questions about it. You're very you, you won't give me any information. I don't so I don't understand why that that's the case. Uh, you, Either you're hiding something. I'm just telling you when Frank Dolce asks questions, there is underlining That that is true need for answers when frank wants to dig he's digging for ammunition to make yeah. fun of you yeah that is not it i've never made fun of you or you scotty i i adore you publicly frank. I've just, in the last five minutes <laughs> I, I adore you frank i've just learned how much information to give you <laughs> otherwise that's used against me that's, that is not true at all kind of maybe no a little no kind of no 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 uh, Anyway, Utah has a big game coming up this weekend. Are we on the pregame? We are on. Yep. And uh, we also have, um, and you know, look, it's an interesting matchup because, you know, Rolovich has kind of kept the uh, the Pirates same type of offense. Uh, they're going to try to throw it around a bunch, and uh, and they've had some degree of success. But this is still a game Utah should win and win pretty easily. I. It's not a matchup that I necessarily like. I think Utah should win this game as well. But it's not like I feel more comfortable in Utah when Utah's in a matchup against a kind of a smash mouth, run the ball, like a Colorado, like a, a Washington type of football team. I think that style matches with Utah much better. If you If Utah runs into a team, and we've seen it this year, that has the ability to throw the ball downfield, that has some talent, to attack the defensive secondary, that's where Utah has, has struggled. And the and the numbers kind of bear that out if you look at the stats through these three, four, five games, whichever, whichever the team has happened to play. But, but yeah, Washington, Washington State um, is fourth in the conference right now passing offense. That's just, a, you know, again, that's a three-game sample, so it's still a little hard to tell. But they're throwing the ball for almost 250 yards a game. Uh, Utah's 10th in the conference in pass defense. First in the conference conference in rush defense. So they end up pretty good total defense. But, Hans, I think we've seen Utah struggle uh, against the pass game this year. Mm -hmm. That's the one worry I've got with Washington State and Rolovich. I just don't know a ton about them. This is a team that they missed three straight weeks basically through the middle of November into early December. They, they missed those weeks. Games were canceled. And they only played three games this season. And I, I, the one win that they've got was a, a good, solid win out of the gates. I don't know. May Oregon State, what is Oregon State would even be a good, solid win anymore? Maybe for Rolovich in that first week, maybe. And Oregon State did beat Oregon, but I don't think they ended up being the most spectacular thing. But I do think that there is a, a shroud of mystery with what Rolovich is going to do when he gets to Rice-Eccles Stadium coming up on Saturday. And yeah, Frank, 1030, we'll be kicking off our pregame coverage and taking people up to the 1130 kick. I'm glad it's a day game. I think that's great. 
going to be playing with a little sun on their shoulders, hopefully. I don't know. The way it's looking right now, I don't think there's going to be a lot of sun here. Is this supposed to carry? I don't know. I don't know. Let's find out, shall we? Might come and go. Let's go to the forecast. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, Saturday, partly cloudy, high of 37, low of 19. Snowing pretty good down here at Elite Works right now in Lehigh, but my guess is it'll be a decent. That's a 37 on a decent day like that. It'll be fun. Uh, Does that slow down the passing game, Frank, that weather? Weather? Uh, That weather specifically. Wet is is more difficult. Cold is hard. Wet is much more difficult on a passing game. Wind the worst? Uh, if you're it, I don't think wind is the worst. It uh I guess a crosswind would be the worst. Throwing into the wind is actually better than throwing with the wind at your back. Oh, that really? makes it significantly more difficult cuz it'll sell on you a little bit. Yeah, it just takes off. It's really hard to control with the wind at your back. And Try and throw a spiral with the wind at your back. It just doesn't work. Try and turn a ball over on a deep pattern with the wind at your back. It doesn't. The ball just floats. The <laughs> tip of the ball stays up the whole time. But if you're throwing into the wind, um, it's it's just a, a much better result with the football, the way the ball responds to it. Crosswind is, can be difficult, though. Uh, this is a team led by quarterback Jaden Delora. He's averaging 227 yards per game. Uh, he's completed... 61, 62% of his passes for 682 yards. Uh, running back. Uh, That's through three games. Through three games. That's mm-hmm. the thing. It's through three games. Uh, McIntosh, a running back, is averaging over 100 yards a game in three games. Uh, so that's something, to, that's something to be aware of. In the Pac-12, Washington State has the two leading receivers in the conference both in terms of receptions per game and receiving yards per game in Harris and Bell. Huh. It's not uh, overall surprising. No. It's not. Scotty, well, you, you, it, yeah, it isn't. It isn't, I guess. I, I kind of think the talent, it, you know, there's some other talent I know, around, but just but based on the sheer the number way that of they passes. Run the, yeah. Yeah. You've seen yeah, Rolovich sure. up close and personal a couple of times, Scotty, through the Mountain West Conference before he came over to Pac-12. What, what do you see from him? Uh, he's an innovator. Um, he's all about exploiting matchups. Uh, when he's got talented players, he's, you know, there, there were a lot of years there at Hawaii where it wasn't going well for him, but that's because the talent level wasn't very good. Uh, but if he's got some, if he's got some kids that can play, he he knows how to exploit matchups and he knows how to get a lot of yards. I mean, you know, the Collie kid before he transferred to BYU for his last year, had a bunch of yards, a bunch of catches down there. Um, you know, and so, so he's got an opportunity to make it work if he can recruit well there. And I know that's the okay. same for everybody, but but in particular uh, him. And he's one of my favorites on Media Day because, let's see, the year we were down there, he hired the uh, the uh, fortune teller to come read our palms. Yeah. The year before that, he hired a, um, a lookalike uh, Britney Spears to come by and invade Media Day brought us all pineapples from the island. Yeah, he's, what? He's the yeah. best at Media Day. Man, he just makes it a circus. So much fun, huh? He's a great guy. Uh, so it doesn't surprise me they've got two leading receivers. What does surprise me is they have a running back that's been over hundred. Now that yards. does that. Now yeah, that's surprising. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. All right. Final segment coming up next. We'll wrap things up. Get you ready for the big show straight ahead right here on the Zone Sports Network. Number one. 
The Zone Sports Network is Utah's number one choice for sports radio in Utah. From DJ and PK to Hanson Scotty and the Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, the Zone continues to dominate the competition. Thank you to all of you that continue to make the Zone Sports Network Utah's highest rated, most listened to sports station. Your home for the best coverage of the teams you're passionate about is right here. 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. All right, wrapping up another edition of the final U Preview show right here on the Zone Sports Network. So with that said, Frank, um, give me a look into the old crystal ball. What's going to happen coming up on Saturday? How you're giving me a disapproving look right now. If Utah is able to do on the defensive side, I I don't have a concern about Utah offensively because I think they've kind of figured out who they are. And it starts with Ty Jordan. And I think he's going to be starting regardless of what the depth chart currently says. <laughs> it's fair. <laughs> so, and and Washington State, ha- you know, defensively, if you look at their numbers, they're, you know, they just haven't shown, they're not, they're not great defensively. And they no. could, you know, they could play a really good game. So I, I feel pretty good about what Utah can accomplish on the offensive side. Run the ball. Dominate the line of scrimmage, uh, and Bentley has to be—he um, has to manage the game really well. Uh, on the—it's uh, the other side of the ball that makes me a little nervous because I, it feels like this is a, is a game where Utah is going to do the same kind of rely on their front four to create a pass rush and then and then drop a bunch of people into coverage to to help with their their defensive secondary, which is at times been a little porous so if Utah can get home with four guys then you know and or at least make the quarterback uncomfortable with four guys then you're in good shape if that doesn't occur and there's time to throw the ball downfield then I think there there could be a little bit of concern about how Utah performs on the defensive side and if that's the case then it could be one of those games that would be more of a I always think a low-scoring game favors Utah, but this could potentially be a game where Utah has to outscore hmm. in a higher number the opponent. I think in an effort to really keep Washington State off the field too and just let Ty Jordan do work, let this offensive line and Ty mm-hmm. Jordan do work. and Limit the offensive opportunities for Washington State. I think you're going to see a lot of three and outs. I think you're going to see Utah knowing I, – I, and by the way, on both sides, or are you? Just yeah, I think Utah's. I, no, 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 no. Just in, on Washington State. Okay. I think you're going to see a lot of three and outs. I, I'm with you on this. I would surprise me that if Utah plays a bowl game. So I think they treat this like it's their last game um, of the season. And I think this is a old-fashioned, behind the whooping shed, 42-14 kind of game. I I would agree more with that. Yeah, 30, 38-10, 38-14. Yeah. Yep. Um, I, I remember, li- remember when you picked Colorado to beat Utah? I do. I do. 
Yeah, I remember you picking them off air and then saying oh the opposite God. on air. I think oh, my God. Yeah. I think that you said so Oh, now, it's you, not going now to you're going to jump close. in. You, you weren't even there. If that's the, if that's oh, the yeah, game we're going to play. That's what Hans told me. You were not on a plane <laughs> headed to Fort Collins. That's where you were not <laughs> that weekend. That is so, that is so horrible. Saying, <laughs> if that's the game you want to play, let's, let's play it. Let's keep it real. Let, let's. If you want to keep it real. Are we talking about things that happen off air? Yeah. I mean, we do that. Oh, we don't want to talk about all of them. <laughs> Um, but how to become a social media influencer. <laughs> <laughs> but if if Utah can't control the ball, yeah. which I believe that they can, it, it really should be a possession game, and it should be a whooping. It really, Utah should beat them soundly. They've had an extra game of experience. They're in Rice-Eccles Stadium, kind of in their comfort level. The guys know, I think that by then, the vote will be in, and the guys will know this is the last game of the year. And they should play with that level of intensity. I'm expecting Utah to beat them soundly, to c- control and beat them soundly. Well, that wraps it up for us. Hands and Scotty, we're live here at Elite Works Hands, where you can get a complete website rebuilt for $0. That's right, free, F-R-E-E. And I know people listening, and they're like, wait, there's no way – that you could actually get a website rebuilt for free. I want people to understand EliteWorks is a hosting platform. Because they're a hosting platform, they're at liberty to, they could take liberties in building their websites. So on a rebuild, they're going to take their time. You're going to be rebuilt by a professional, and they're going to put it on their platform, and you're going to have a more functional website. And it's going to be free. All you got to do is call one. 844-523-2777. Get your phone or a piece of paper because if you're thinking in your mind, I've wanted to do something more or better with my website or I need to develop a website or I've got to have a better, more functional service for me or my business, just call them. I'm telling you, it's a free rebuild. There's no tricks here and there's no contracts. 844 523 2777. Back with you tomorrow, a Friday edition of the show. Hans Olsen, Scott Gerard. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and the Zone Sports Network.